This is Beaver Island Perspectives on WVBI. Glad to have you along on this Beaver Island Thursday afternoon. I'm your host, Kevin Boyle. Uh, with me in uh, the studio from NMU are Mr. Scott Demel, uh, Kyle O'Connor, and Martina Hedlund. They're here with the NMU Archaeology Program. And guys, you've got a presentation coming up this evening, right? Well, we have the, the we have it at seven o'clock, and uh, it's going to be at the CMU Biological Station Lab Number One, and we're going to show kind of everything that we found the last three weeks, and it's a uh, pretty exciting material that we've collected from a couple different sites. So yeah, come on out and see what we found. So no no formal presentation or anything. You just be able to come in and see what's uh, been unearthed, so to speak, and talk with the uh, students, archaeologists about what they found and when, where where and when it is from, right? Right. We have uh, a lot of artifacts from different time periods on Whiskey Point as well as some artifacts from across the bay, uh, across the harbor, at what might be the uh, Northwest Company trading post. So now where where is that, Dr. Demel? Uh, well, there's a couple spots where we think it is. One was near the convent. We, che- we checked that, but that turned out to be pretty minimal so I think we're we went a little further south into the woods and there's kind of both lidar evidence uh, which is light detection and ranging it's kind of new technology there's uh, uh, what do we have we got some photographs we got Google Earth images and then we have some oral tradition and oral stories about that structure being there so all those kind of combined uh, we're using all that to sort of locate where the structure was were you able to identify the date range of any of the artifacts that you recovered from that site? Well, that's we actually have prehistoric material there, uh, and then it goes up to about 1860, 1870 so far. And then the other one on Whiskey Point, we have material that goes back to about uh, 1830. So I assume the deeper you go, typically, the older it is? Yes, yeah, that's... We is call, that universally true, or is it well, just generally true? Generally true, but you can have situations like at the base of a slope where artifacts kind of roll downhill uh, that might be older and cover the newer material, or, or things, if, areas that are disturbed uh, so that they're not in context anymore. They're, they've been mixed, mixed deposits. So we, we occasionally run into that. We have a little bit of that over on Whiskey Point. Mm-hmm. So what have you been finding out at Whiskey Point? Oh, boy. <laughs> the list is big. Uh, what, what, what you're doing is looking for the oldest material for the, the um, Elva Cable trading post. And so that's circa 1838 up through the 40s. And, and then it was taken over by Peter McKinley. And then um, uh, there was a conflict that was about to happen between the Mormons and, and the people coming back from Mackinac. And, and the a quote from that reading is that the, those buildings were in disrepair. So somewhere in the 1850s, they kind of fell into disrepair. So the oldest stuff we have sort of corresponds to the, that age, uh, 1830 up through about 1860. And so we do have material that's the right age, but we don't have like a foundation yet for the trading post. So you're listening to Beaver Island Perspectives on WVBI. We're chatting with the uh, Northern Michigan University archaeology team. They're here with a seminar class for a couple of weeks on the island, four weeks on the island, it turns out. And uh, they've been discovering some interesting things. We've got two students here with us, Kyle and Martina. 
Tell us a little bit about what your experience has been like. Maybe, Martina, since your birthday just passed, we'll give you the present of chatting first. Martina celebrated her birthday on Monday, uh, and we refrained from making her do the NMU fight song uh, in the studio uh, on that day. But Thank you very much. Uh, I'm very happy to be here. Um, I am a senior archaeology anthropology student at NMU, and um, I've worked on both the Elva Cable Trading Post and the Northwest Trading Post. Um, I personally really like both of them, uh, but when we were at the Elva Cable site, my unit specifically, my team, found um, at least what we suspect to be, at least it's a feature. What exactly it is, is a little hard to determine. Um, I think the most likely theory was that it was part of a cellar or um, at least like an underground floor, if, if that makes oh, sense. So when you say you found a feature, you found part of a building. Theoretically, words. theoretically. Yeah. Um, we've also done a lot of uh, the mapping. Um, I was part of the group that did all the mapping for the area, and it was really interesting. Um, we kind of have, there's the two... Uh, obviously the trading post and then you have the actual like the dock and then you have um the two cabins that are um, associated with it and of course kyle over here my other fellow student um has been excavating the one of the associated privies which is like an outhouse a very old outhouse and uh, obviously people historically they would put all of their trash all of their refuse into the outhouse so there's a lot of really cool things that they find in there but he knows a lot about that, so ask him. <laughs> well, so, but before before I chat with Kyle, tell me what's the most interesting thing other than this potential structure that you found? How about an object of some sort that you've identified? Remember to... So we found a few things. I think one of the coolest things that I specifically found, and this is um, also associated with a lot of like pipe stems and pipe bowls for tobacco smoking that we found, but we found this, uh, it's like a tobacco tin. I believe it's a Prince Albert brand, but it's really neat. Oh gosh, I don't quite remember the dates on that off the top of my head, but it's still like a really cool artifact that just shows how the area was used both as a trading post, but also like as kind of a recreation era. And of course the 1900s and the later 1800s. Um, another really cool thing that we found is well, one of our assignments we have here for our field school is uh, we have to write this like 10 page paper and we have to adopt an artifact and uh, it's really fun I did mine about uh, <laughs> writing slates like uh, old schools would use instead of paper because it was too expensive and uh, we found uh, more than more than that, but when I did the project, uh, we had 45 different pieces, and we measured them and took pictures of them all and wrote this whole historical essay about it, and I thought that that was really cool, and it really got into the, a lot of the history of the schools and stuff on Beaver Island, of course, like the Little Red Schoolhouse and all of that stuff, but also like the ones that the Mormons went to, um, how it related at least a little bit to the Indian schools, and just how that like all around. It's really cool the locations where we found them because some of them were, of course, personal objects in the privy and that some of them were, like, scattered across the lawn and, like, oh, these could have been used by fishermen or tradespeople that write down navigation information. It's There's a lot of speculation, but it's still really cool. That sounds very interesting. So you have both the precursor of our modern-day tablets that everyone drags around school and if someone calls and asks you if you have Prince Albert in the can, <laughs> uh, you'd have to say yes. That was a joke. Yep. At least when Dr. Demel and I were kids, I, I don't think it still is. But uh, well, Kyle, why don't you tell us a little bit about what what you've been finding while you've been working? Hey. Hello, thank thank you so much for having us on. Oh, we're glad uh, to have you. We're, you know, people are fascinated 
with the history of the island. That's one of the reason people yeah. love Beaver Island is because it has such a unique history. So right. when you guys come and do this work, people love to hear about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun being on the island. And um, just a little information about me. I'm a junior at NMU, and I am an archaeology student. Uh, and it's been a ton of fun being here, just actually getting out, getting out to go in the field, find things. And I've been working mostly at the Alva Cable site, uh, so mostly on Whiskey Point. Uh, and as Martina said, I've been mainly ex- excavating a privy or old outhouse uh, that has a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, so I'm spending hours in the lab cleaning, cataloging, and just basically trying to figure out what were they, what were they doing here. Uh, well, we know what they were doing here, but like what they were doing in their house, kind of what. What How they did they out. live, basically? Yeah. What did they have? What did they use? What's the most interesting thing you found? I I would have to say it's been uh it's been some uranium glass. So mm. as the name implies, it's glass it's glass with an added with an added uranium content, and so that it'll shine under a UV light. Uh, it'll shine a bright green, and I I think that's it's really unique. Uh, it's all we've only found it in the privy so far. And so it's just very cool to have such a unique find and especially something that's very kind of strange to us, the idea of actually putting you know, uranium into something that we're using in our day-to-day lives is strange to us, but for them, it, it was normal. It's what so they did. What, why, why would they have put uranium in glass? Uh, what would the purpose of that have been? A big reason is the color. Is the color. It forms mm-hmm. a ni- very nice green, yellowish-green color. And also there are some... Uh, uranium and other radioactive active materials that will glow in the dark, so it's kind of, you know, you know, it, it looks cooler than than just like oh a normal piece of glass versus oh I have this glass that can glow in the dark. Look at me. Instead of my iPhone 12, I have, <laughs> I have uranium glass. Yeah, come and, come and see what I. So your exhibition is going to be this evening starting at 7, right? Out at CMU in Lab 1, I think I heard yeah. you say. What uh, what can people expect to see when they get out there? What will be on display? Uh, you'll likely be seeing a lot of kind of the highlights of what we've been finding. So we've probably you'll probably be seeing maybe some of uh, the oldest artifacts. So the clay pipes, maybe the trade beads, but... I don't know. We want to be very careful with those since they're very easy to lose. You'll likely be seeing, uh, you know, ceramics, uh, glass, some glassware that we found, uh, and just kind of the general artifacts. If Martina or Dr. D wants to add in anything. Yeah, Dr. D mentioned earlier that we had some prehistoric artifacts. We do have some prehistoric pottery which is really amazing. You can even look at it and see, like, the different temper that was added to, like, form the pottery. Um, There's also some other cool stuff, obviously the uranium glass, but, like, I distinctly remember they pulled out, like, an entire washing pitcher vessel out of the privy, and they put it all together, and it was so cool. And there's a few other things, like we have a toy gun and um, a real gun. The police said to come and everything. Um, Oh, gosh, what else was there? Um... Oh, we have some really cool coins. Um, I believe one of them was, uh, gosh, the Liberty coin? Was it a Liberty, it was a Liberty coin? Oh, that's cool. That was really neat. Um, there's also some, 
We pulled some stuff out of the water, but we had to put a lot of it back, which might indicate some uh, shipwreck stuff. And no, we unfortunately did not find the cannonball. Um, you did not find the Mormon <laughs> gold either, no, I assume. Nor the Ark of the Covenant, well, but <laughs> we looked. Well, I guess there's another Indiana Jones movie coming out soon, right? Maybe since it's the last one, it will be discovered. <laughs> so what, yeah, unfortunately, also no Crown of King Strang. Yeah, yeah. It's well, been our goal. None, none of that stuff. Well, guys, it's been great having you here today on Beaver Island Perspective. Uh, perspectives uh it's good to see that you northern still follows the tradition of just assigning professors last names initials to their names we did that when i was in school at nmu my broadcasting professor was known as dr b um and uh i could never give up calling him that even long after i had graduated from from northern so it's cool to see you guys here. It is, of course, always a great day to be a wildcat and a great day to be on uh, Beaver Island here. A reminder, the NMU archaeology team has, uh, well, their field study class has an exhibit this evening coming up in just a couple hours' time out at CMU and Lab 1. Just drive on out there and uh, walk on up, and you'll find it easily. Thanks, guys, for being on the program. Thank you for having us. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. That's Beaver Island Perspectives for this Beaver Island Thursday. I'm your host, Kevin Boyle.